Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack. No intro music. Uh, no intro music. No Dave Lagford. It's bare bones. That's right. We're back to the old school. This is a Sunday podcast. I'm back from vacation. Uh, we do Sunday podcast during the fall, usually me with another guest. But guess what? The other guest canceled. Uh, he didn't even get, actually, the other guest ghosted me. <laughs> In true millennial fashion. Yeah, I got ghosted. He's like the Andrew Luck of... Uh, of uh podcasting so uh the guest we were going to have i'll give you a hint he was at the florida game yesterday um and he was going to give us some insight but uh, i think he has some stuff going on in his personal life so i shouldn't make too much fun of him but he's never going to hear this anyway and you don't know who he is so uh anyway we're back woody and rob just like the old days feels so good uh you know, Robbie, i don't like doing the sunday pod when i'm around it's when i'm on the road that it becomes difficult well the problem is the timing too i try to get it done in the morning yeah, I'm um, traveling on those days sometimes. Well, and you're like, you, like today, you said you couldn't record it till eight o'clock, and I was like, oh no way! And then at eight, hey, I was like, Rob, come on, I need you. So, well, you know me, um, I go to church in the morning. So, yeah, <laughs> don't. I'll have to tell you straight off the air about me. Supposed I was supposed to go to, I was supposed to go to church. I was supposed to do all sorts of things uh, pertaining to my visit to Greece, and they're all out the window. So, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, anti-American priest that I encountered in Greece. That's that's another, <laughs> that's another story I'll have to tell you about the American hating priest. We can't do that I'll, on the podcast. I'll just tell you this: he said this to me. He because he speaks English, you know, which uh, people who speak really good English in Greece are, especially older people, are not easy to find. And uh, someone's like, "Oh, he speaks English." And he he said, "I speak American English. If you call that English." <laughs> So that tells wow. you I need to know about this priest and how much him and I got along from that point forward. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so uh, if you have any questions, I will I will do a riff on Greece maybe on the show later in the week. Uh, you know, with some some obviously I have complaints. I went to a country even though I've been there before. I still got fresh complaints. Yeah, so uh, I was in Orlando yesterday and I wanted to go to the game. I was there to pick up my dogs. But I couldn't get a credential, so uh, I drove home, made it home in time for the game. We watched it on TV. I think you were out and about watching it, right? Yeah. Would you apply too late or something? Yeah. Well, I I forgot to apply. I just didn't put two and two together that I was going to be there that day, and uh, I tried to circumvent the system and go straight to the top at the Orlando Sports Commission and just get like some type of VIP pass. Uh, but even that failed. So. Yeah, I was out and about with a uh, FAU media member who covers the Owls, and we were at a, a very heavily packed sports bar with Miami fans, and it was a sad, sad sight by the end. <laughs> so we're going we're just basically going to talk about the game or games yesterday. Did you watch the Hawaii game at all? I did. I watched the entire thing. Okay, so you can talk about it because I was just so I, you know, I'm I'm still tired from uh, from traveling. Uh, so I couldn't stay up even as bad as I wanted to. I just crashed it like right after the Florida game ended. So I missed it. I did see some of the highlights. So we'll talk about those and we'll talk about some of the games on Thursday. Not your typical episode with me and Rob, but, uh, anyway, Rob, what did you think of the game last night? I will tell you what I, I, I think you were looking at two teams that are seven and five, eight and four at best. And I, <laughs> I said that exact sentence to some bro at the bar we were watching at that, you know, seven and five coming right up for these teams. And he was offended. I mean, listen, okay, so I texted you today and I actually talked actually this is how this is how ridiculous I thought some of these grades were on Pro Football Focus. I reached out to our boy Mike Renner, who uh was famously on The Bachelorette, 
uh, and I asked him to make sure this grade was not an error. Uh, Florida's left tackle, Zion Nelson, who was a two-star, ranked by me. And he was going to App State, and he flipped to uh, to Miami and rolled early. And before the game, they were talking about him on TV. I, I, did they have the sound on where you were? Yes, yeah, sorry, I was on mute. They had the sound on, but there was a lot of screaming over it. So you right, so you didn't hear it. So before the game, they're talking, oh, they got a true freshman starting a left tackle, and he's – he was 235 when he came in, and now he's up to 285, and blah, 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 the usual story, right? Yeah, yeah. The kid, the kid just got destroyed. I don't know how – didn't – who started at left tackle? For the, I thought Scafe played or – how do you say it? Scaife? Yeah, he Scafe. Scaife. He, yeah, he played some. I don't think he started there, though. So he must have been a tackle last year. Like, he must have been right tackle. He 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 played 71 snaps yesterday. All the, all the offensive linemen played 71 snaps. So they didn't rotate the linemen at all, uh, which was insane considering, according to Pro Football Focus's number, they gave up 13 sacks. I think they gave up 10, right? Yeah, I think those numbers might be they do, They Well, they give like, I don't know, they, they credit it differently. But the bottom line is Zion Nelson – Got a pass blocking grade out of 100 of 1.4. I'm not going to pretend to know how those numbers are calculated. But, it doesn't sound very need, good, you know? You, you, don't need to, you don't really need to know much except that the, you, the most you can get is 100 and you got <laughs> a 1. So, I mean, I don't want to make fun of the kid because I feel bad for him. But how do you leave him in the entire game? You have no other offense. Like, you can't shuffle the deck a little bit. I mean – you know, they started off with Jaron Williams getting the ball out quickly, and I liked what they were doing. And next thing you know, at halftime, I mean, college football media Twitter was ready to give uh, Jaron Williams the Heisman at halftime, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, but he did look great when you consider the circumstances, right? Like, well, right, he was getting the ball out quickly. Everything was everything was going good. He was like ten for twelve. So. It seemed like they had the – I don't know if they had to play scripted or whatever, but that was working. But it was clear that any time he needed time to pass, not only was did he not have time, he also was kind of trying to do too much and didn't want to get rid of the ball. Like, like, like his mental clock was maybe a little slow or whatever just because, I mean, it's his first real game. But I, I don't understand – so I don't want to – I'm not blaming him too much. I'm just saying I, I feel like you've got to f- try something else when you're giving up 10 sacks in a game because especially when they just took that one guy, uh, the Louisville transfer, uh, Jonathan Grenard, I think is his name. They just yeah. took him and they just switched him from side to side and he would just beat, he would beat uh, this Nelson kid or John Campbell, another former guy that we, we also covered. So we, uh, I think they kind of knew that the offensive line was going to be a little suspect because of the scripted plays. Like you said, they came out trying to screen past them to death at the beginning uh, and getting the ball out quick into space. But anytime, you know, they had to be forced to go downfield. I mean, they didn't do it unless they had to. And that's when the line collapsed. So the, uh, the, here's, so DJ, DJ Scafe Jr. Who was named Delone, right? I think when he was in high school, uh, his, you know, what his pass blocking grade was yesterday at right guard, Rob. I don't, probably pretty good. I do like not ninety point five. I mean, yeah. At some point, I'm I'm sliding him out to tackle. You know what I mean? Like we've got to he, figure something out. We have him and he's a little bit sawed off. He's not very tall. Well, you have you have him and you have him and Navon Donaldson, who's also a huge guard. Both of them graded out. You know. They had the third and fourth best grades, uh, and the center was fifth of any players on the team. 
So I, I don't understand how, like, so you, clearly the, your interior line is okay. But I mean, the edge was, they were just getting killed. You bring in a tight end or something. The, the other problem. <laughs> Will Mallory, please. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> Will Mallory, that's <laughs> funny you bring him up. He was the lowest graded Miami player right behind. I don't think he played very much, did he? He played 25 snaps and he had a grade of overall of 31.3. So Ouch. not great, Bob. Um so you know, and I, and I don't want to lean too heavily on these grades. The reason the reason I put uh, I put stock into these grades is because the you know they rewatch the uh, coaches tape and they're grading you know based on uh, based on what they think the players' assignments are, things like that. It, it provides another well, layer of context. Before we move on, can we talk about the last drive? Well, what <laughs> maybe my favorite thing ever? I mean, what was going on? Like it was insane. I've never seen anything like that. First, from the moment that Frank's threw the interception uh, late in the fourth quarter to the end of the game was one of the more like, they should have been playing the circus music fine. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so there was about four minutes left when they got the ball back. So I knew they were going to have to pass it at some point. I mean, but wouldn't you assume like, let's run it a couple times and take some time off the clock or make yeah, some time off the clock. Instead of an interception, I believe it was to a linebacker, correct? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. So then it was a disaster. I wonder if I can pull up the play-by-play because it was <laughs> – Interceptions to linebackers late in the game like that. It's just... Well, did the ball guy get tipped up in the air or did he just throw it right to him? I can't remember. It looked like it just went right to his chest. Now, granted, I was in a crowded sports bar, so you know the details are a little hazy. But it looked like he just threw – I couldn't believe it. Even the bartender, who hadn't really even been watching the game because he was so busy, and I don't think – knew anything about football gasped <laughs> audibly well so so i was like yeah i know i i had kind of like i was i've been working on my schedule so i was kind of like once that happened i was like oh okay they're gonna run it a couple i kind of just like looked down at my computer you know and was like and he had me, and then i did see the interception i remember thinking it was just horrible i'm gonna try to pull up the play-by-play oh no well wow, you this is bo calvert Phew. Boy, that was. Oh, uh, you thought it was our boy Buckshot. I thought Buckshot said Bo, UCLA's Bo Calvert uh, out indefinitely. NCA violation. Nah, yeah. Oh, but it's suspension season. Did you? This is the week. You always forget week one is the week where players are suspended and they don't tell you until the game starts and they're not playing. There was this big thing around here where everybody, especially Miami fans and even Miami media, were like, "Florida suspending three defensive linemen before the game," and it never happened. Well, so so. Uh, so DJ Ivy was suspended for Miami yesterday, which we they didn't know. Florida suspended Brad Stewart Jr., who is one of their like you know DBs who plays a lot at safety, defensive tackle Tadaro Slayton. Oh Slayton, so I didn't see any of this. I saw Slayton on the well. Nobody saw any of it because they didn't. You you don't realize until they don't play in the game that they are suspended. Uh, Rick Wells, your boy, has just been suspended about a thousand times, I feel like, in his career. And walk on Pat Moore for not living up to the Gators' standard. Stewart was the biggest loss. The junior started uh, seven games last season and was listed as the co-starter. Not not living up to the Gators' standard is a pretty good one. That's the all-encompassing suspended for team rules. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I do feel like Rick Wells has been suspended at least three times. Uh, if I'm wrong, sorry, Rick. 
but you did like you really liked him in high school, and he's basically yeah, he was you know a big fast. I mean, I I loved him, but you know, looking back on it, he was also one of the guys that was always in the middle of fights in seven on seven. <laughs> the suspension doesn't really surprise me. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, going getting back to that drive, it really was it was high level comedy. You, I think you missed the. Uh, did you miss the Cheez It Bowl last year when that was happening? I think I saw the end well, of so, it. I was in a hotel room. So yeah, I remember like trying to text you about it. It was definitely like a Sharknado level. Uh, people like, <laughs> oh yeah, it became, yeah, it's like internet legend, right? Now. Right, and it was funny when it was happening, but obviously it's turned into su- something I would think is super lame. So okay, here. <laughs> okay, so here's what happened: uh, seven plays, twenty nine yards. Miami turns it over on downs, right? Is that, yeah, they turn it over on downs, and it's like, oh, they needed to go for it there. By the way, they chased points on a couple different occasions where if they had just kicked field goals, they might have won the game, um, which I think kind of – that missed field goal hurt. That would have made it 23-17. Uh, to 17. But I thought there were times where it was like, you know, they, they kind of chased it a little bit. So anyway, Frank's intercepted by your boy, Romeo Finley, from Niceville. <laughs> Big shout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, a commitment yeah, issues preferred. Big school. shot to friend of the podcast. And what is his name? Adron, non yeah. Robinson, who uh, who texts us relentlessly, um, except for when Romeo Finley committed. I don't believe he texted us. Which, which, uh, by the way, Finley's turned out to be the better player out of those two, surprisingly. Um, so Miami takes over on the tw- first and ten on the Florida twenty-five yard line. With four minutes and eight seconds left, okay, that's a lot of time. And on the twenty-five, they're basically they're in the what do they call it? The green zone now. There's a term like yeah, something like that. Okay, first play, first play, Miami penalty on sportsmanlike conduct to the Florida forty. Okay, <laughs> next play, KJ Osborne rush for a loss of one yard, fumble by KJ Osborne, recovered by Miami at the Florida forty-one. Miami penalty illegal. Block 15 yards to the Miami 45. So they've now gone from the 25-yard line to across midfield back into their own territory. You know, let's just call it what it is. A South Florida high school football game. Is right, exactly. Out. No, it, it was. There's athletes everywhere and they're fumbling. And, well, and, <laughs> and penalties. I and- want to talk about the trash talk showboating stuff that was that was ridiculous. So we, I want to get to that. Let's continue this drive. Okay, Jaron Williams pass complete to DJ Dallas for a loss of one yard. So we're now we're now back to the forty-four yard line. This was this was an amazing play. Jaron Williams sacked by Trey Dean, uh, friend of the show, for a loss of ten yards. Right, Jaron Williams fumbled, and then DJ Dallas picks it up. Remember and runs it for positive yard. <laughs> Which yeah. DJ Dallas looks great, by the way. I mean, you want to talk about a guy in high school. I think he played quarterback in high school, and then he was supposed to be a DB when he went to college, and then he was a wide receiver, and they ended up moving into running back out of necessity a couple of years ago. I mean, he, I don't really remember seeing him in high school. Did, did we see him at things? Uh, he played for Cam Newton seven on seven. That would have been the only. Uh, time. You saw him at things. Yeah, so. he was down. Uh, we probably saw him at IMG, but he he was from down like in the Savannah area, so it wasn't a guy you saw a ton of. He was committed to Georgia at one point. And then when Rick went to Miami, he went with him. So anyway, okay, so so that's that that play. The next play, Miami, delay of game. 
<laughs> which is like their third one of those. Right. So on this drive now, we have unsportsmanlike conduct, illegal block in the back, a delay of game, and two fumbles. Okay, so then it's it's and the pass interferences haven't even started right. yet. So it's third and twenty-seven at the Miami forty-three on a drive that started on the twenty-five yard line. Uh, Jaron Williams sacked for a loss of seven to the Miami thirty-six. So so we've now gone because of the way the penalties were were enforced. It it would it wasn't like it should have been in theory. Uh, it should have been third and thirty-nine, but it ended up being. Th- third and 34 or fourth and 34 excuse me and then this is when he comes jaron williams passing complete to jeff thomas penalty pass interference 14 yards to the florida 21 first down miami so the penalty was on was on uh uh not quincy what's the younger son's name the wilson it was on check marco Mark, Mark yeah, it was on Marco Wilson. It was one of the worst passenger. It was one of the stupidest penalties ever. Even if he would have caught it, it wasn't a first down, and the game would have been over, right? So there's now when that penalty occurs, there's a minute and thirty seconds left. We're three minutes into the drive. <laughs> it took three minutes for all those things to happen. I wish you would have seen the just like the disbelief that washed over this public place. It was even for Miami fans, were like, right? It was in it. Well, and it was insane. It, I, I can imagine like it was <laughs> the the time I was at the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl watch party when they were blowing the lead to the Patriots. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it wasn't that that bad. And of course, I'm sitting there laughing in the corner like the troll that I am, even though I, I don't care. I live in Atlanta. I should want the Falcons to win, but for some reason, I'm rooting for them to lose because I'm a contrarian, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, anyway, moving on. Automatic first down, right? Um, yep. they, at the 49 yard line is where they end up spotting the ball. Uh, so, we're back across midfield here. Jared Williams complete to Jeff Tom. Oh, excuse me. Complete to DJ Dallas. For a loss of two yards. <laughs> so we're, we're moving backwards again. Next play, Jaron Williams incomplete. Third and 12, Jaron Williams pass incomplete. Pass interference, Trey Dean, which is, this is one of the soft, there was a couple of really soft penalties. And I think our boy Trey got that. The one he was, he got on. Our boy Blades got called for a really soft right. pass interference there, earlier in the there game. There were too. there were a lot of like you know it was definitely week zero for the refs too. So so our boy Trey gets pass interference, automatic first down again. There's now 50 seconds left. Uh, the ball is at the 36 yard line, so we're back in business here. If you're Miami, uh, then he completes a pass to Mike Harley, who barely played in the game. We should note, uh, which much to the chagrin of Twitter. He had, oh, excuse me. He no, he he played a lot. He had forty six snaps. Mark Pope had two. Brian Hightower had four, uh, and Tate Martell ended up playing fifteen, which people are really mad about. At least, I'm yeah, sure. people were mad about that. Um, they were mad that he got in, and guys like Wiggins and Pope did not. Right? They were dead. Yeah, people were people were mad about that. Um, so okay, next. So so next play. Uh, that, that gives him a first down to the 24. And now you're like, okay, there's 40 seconds left. We're talking about a strike into the end zone wins the game here. In a game that Florida, in my opinion, if Florida doesn't fumble in the first half and inside the 10, this game is like headed to blowout land. Didn't you get that vibe? 
Yeah, well, yeah, 100%. That, that fumble was terrible, and that was when – and then they fumbled again, I think, on the next possession. Uh, that was when that was when you were like, okay, now we're in a dogfight in a game that Florida should have probably easily won. So uh, next play, passing complete to Mike Carley, second and 10. Jaron Williams sacked for a loss of two. He fumbled again. This is what I'm talking about. He kept trying to, to do too much. Just throw the ball away, Jaron. Okay, so he fumbles. They would get it back. Fourth and twelve, third and twelve, incomplete. Fourth and twelve, incomplete, and then kneel down for the end of the game. So what a last drive that was! That was they had the ball for four minutes and eight seconds. They ran ten plays for negative two yards. <laughs> like I said, it belong, that drive belongs in a museum. There were <laughs> so the, the bar that we're at is packed with Miami fans, right? And there are two. Florida fans in there going crazy, like rubbing everybody's faces in it. And if they would have been dudes instead of like pretty blonde girls, it may have ended very different. Oh yeah, they were there. fighting for sure. Yeah, you could have seen their strain. I mean, I, I was scared for them uh, even in the state. That how many had. yards did? Uh, how many yards do you think Miami had? I tweeted this at some point in the second half. I felt like they had no yards. Williams had a big run, didn't he? They. Uh, I think DJ Dallas did when nobody tackled him. Uh, the tackling oh, right. was was horrible, and you can blame that on whatever you want. But I mean, the whole game, and it was super sloppy. We saw a lot of we saw uh, people complaining that they shouldn't play this early. The, people know that they start practice a week earlier, right? This is the same amount of preparation time as every other school in the country. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that. that. Excuse doesn't hold much weight. You know who did play well? Speaking of people that played well that I loved in high school was Trajan Bandy. Yeah, I th- I did think Bandy played well. I didn't. Th- I don't th- I think they threw it at him a whole lot either. Because uh, should we check? Should we check the grades, Rob, and see if the grades bad? <laughs> yeah, let's uh, check them. Let's see. Because the, the only issue I felt like they had is Miami's got some small corners that when they have to come up and hit, and Bandy hits. Don't get me wrong, but you know when Blades comes up and hits, either he's not a giant dude. Yeah, either. Blades. So I Blades did not have a Blades there. was the Blades was the twenty fourth best Miami defensive player out of twenty five. So Bandy was say sixth. About Bandy? Uh, the best. Uh, if we go, if we look at pur- purely at uh, coverage, let me see coverage versus receiving. Uh, hold on. Look at yeah, that! Bandy. A guy Rob Cassidy put in the two fifty with no offers. Yeah, no, no starts, no offers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he had a pretty, he allowed, uh, Bandy got thrown at four times, allowed one catch for 13 yards. So, and he had one pass breakup. So that's pretty good considering. I mean, honestly, Miami's defense played pretty well, especially the DBs. Now, Felipe Franks, I mean, my I'm pot- still not sold. Well, my potential relative, as I explained in a text thread we were in yesterday, uh, he's, I'm sorry, I just don't, you know, uh, this is like it's almost like a Blake Bortles situation with him. They have to Mullen has to know that he can't win. Like I mean, maybe they can win eight games or whatever, but you're you're not going to win the you're not going to win the the East with him. I, this is not going to happen. I mean, the first game of the year. I mean, it, and that's the other thing, and we can we can get into now. The the showboating among these two teams after making horrible plays, <laughs> it's like we've now turned college football is now just Instagram fodder. I hope fans at home know that, right? 
everything players do. And I, and I love it though. Right. No, it's very entertaining, but everything players do now is for Instagram, like in games, like, like Felipe Frank's punting the ball into the crowd. That's for Instagram. Him screaming at the camera. I'm that dude or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah exactly. That's all for just, that's going to be in a hype video that he puts out like during the bye week. <laughs> and we, we should run the disclaimer that we're all for this. Right. It's just, uh, right. But I mean, I tell you who's not for it. If I, uh, I almost said the F word. Old football, old football coaches <laughs> yeah, on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, the outrage. And even Herb Street, when, when Franks was over, like talking to the, did you see the part where he went over and was like trying to get the crowd fired up or <laughs> yeah. whatever? Herb Street was disgusted. He's like, he's like, go talk to your offensive lineman, you know? And, and, well, then you had Blades get up. <laughs> Speaking about Blades. After the interception, I think we forgot. To, oh, that was with the unsportsmanlike that started that drive. Franks is on the ground, and Al Blades gives him the old two-fingered salute. <laughs> he flips him off. <laughs> double barrel uh, no. salute. But, and he's not even looking, you know? It was a stupid play. And then the the worst one, the most egregious offense, although Franks saying that this is what I do or I'm that dude, it was, was pretty it was pretty ridiculous, and we like Felipe Frank's trolling. Remember when he shushed his own fans last year at the great. home game, which was amazing. Jaron Williams throwing a pass that was batted up into the air and then caught for a touchdown, and then shushing the crowd. <laughs> I mean, that was a that was a total fluke play, you know. These kids, especially in Miami, have been told since they were born, you know, that's that's the use identity, right? Like if you're not if you're not flashy and celebrating, that's you know, you can't go to Miami. That's like their whole identity is the is the trash talk. Right. But I mean and, and the I have I also have no problem with the what was the touchdown rings thing that they were doing? Yeah, they looked like brass knuckles, I think. Right. But and with the turnover chain, you get up there, you get the cheer, and then you step down. It, when Brevin Jordan scored that touchdown, he was doing – they went to commercial, came back, and he was still there posing for pictures. <laughs> yeah, I hope you hit somebody up and said, can you send me those photos after the right. game? Right. Oh, I'm – please. If you're a photographer listening to this show and <laughs> – and Brevin Jordan DM'd you asking, hey, did you get any pictures of me? Yeah, know. That's something most people listening don't know is that some of the things we deal with, when we go to camps or anything, it's like a parade of these kids asking for the photos. It's people I've never seen before. Did you get any photos of me? I don't even know who you are. <laughs> yeah, pictures. yeah. They well, Also, they'll ask you at things that you weren't even there because they get us all mixed up because we're <laughs> – nondescript so I'd be like, hey we, hey do you get any pictures to me today i'm like at my house and they're like no at this thing and i'm like i wasn't there oh i thought i saw you oh we, i always tell them all you know these fat white reporters all look the same right exactly uh, especially up here there's a lot of a lot of pear-shaped reporters in the atlanta area to get confused so i don't uh, hold it against them but uh i, I it's only the beginning of this and i guarantee you there's going to be you know Someone's going to do something that draws outrage. You know, obviously the Baker Mayfields of the world and whatnot drew a lot in the past, but I mean, the, the preening, it's just like, it was, it was ridiculous. It was like, I was sitting here like, bro, come on. Like you can't, but this is the world we live in now. It's not going to get, there's not going to be less celebrating, right? Well, you know that I've always enjoyed the props, right? So the more props, the better. I like that Oregon State has the chainsaw. I like the chain. I like the brass knuckles. 
I like the props more of this stuff. Right. But here's my thing. Do the, you know, go up there, have everyone pat you on the back, put on the knuckles and that's it. Let's not do a complete photo shoot for three minutes. Right. Yeah. You got to build your personal brand, right? That's, that's, that's the line. Right. Exactly. I just think, I just think if I'm even, even me, you know, I'm not as much of a celebrator uh, as you are. (laughs) based on our personal sporting event uh participation uh, but i just think i just think let's let's not when we come back from commercial break we still don't need to be taking photos Call the me. thing is those things are cute when you're winning but the fans get so mad when you're losing and doing well and as a sports fan it's one of the reasons i can never celebrate like you know i'm the biggest fan of the portland trailblazers and they made it to the western conference finals and they beat denver in game seven of the of the conference uh, semifinals and i have a friend who spent all season texting me about how much better denver was than portland but in that moment i can't even text him and celebrate because as i texted you i knew the blazers were gonna get swept by the warriors <laughs> so i didn't want to even bother to say oh denver what happened to your boy Jokic or whatever because then i was just setting myself up to get you know, smack down a week. Yeah, later. see, we have different views on this. I take my with the Mets because they're so far and few and far between. I take my chance to rub it in anybody's face anytime they do something good because they don't do good things that often. I feel like I need to revel in the successes. Yeah, I know you. Uh, you text me about the Mets, and and I often remind you, like, because the only person I have to talk to is my family, right? And because most of my friends are Royals fans, they don't want to hear it. You you are like baseball neutral, so you're my go-to. No, I am, and I, but I always have to. What happened, by the way? Haven't they been playing bad since Syndergaard sent that tweet? No, they, I mean they got swept by the Braves this weekend, but they're still right in it. I mean, they're they're still three games out. Well, all, all I keep, I mean. You you know I mean you know I hate the Braves as much as anybody. Yeah, maybe not as much as me. Well, because of my baseball hate, I was a Giants fan, and that year the Giants, I believe it was 1994, they blew that epic lead and won 103 games and didn't make the playoffs pre wild card. That was really scarred me for life as a child. Um, well, the worst thing about these Braves is that all their players are like insanely likable and young and good. So you just have to hate the fans. Oh, yeah. Well, it's really hard. To I hate every Braves. Well, oh, that was the other thing. I should say the reason why I hated the Braves is because I grew up in Oregon and I was a Giants fan. That makes sense, right? You're either a Mariners yeah. fan or a Giants fan based on geographic. But because of TBS in the 90s and they were good, every person that I went to school with was a Braves fan. It's also the Cubs have the syndrome too because it doesn't. Right, win. exactly. But but at that time the Braves were winning. Like that was when they were were really good. And so every kid at school. I mean, who was the catcher? Who was the catcher on that team? I can't. Brian McCann. No, no, no. I'm talking like '90. Oh, Braves World Series teams. Yeah, oh, Braves. I'll Google it while we're talking. But anyway, I do remember somebody coming. Are you talking like the teams with Terry yes. Pendleton yeah, yeah. and those guys? <laughs> What was that guy's name? He was like, he was almost like the character in Major League. What was his name? Notable Braves catchers. But anyway, whatever his name, whoever it was, I feel like he, I I feel like he was like Jake Taylor on, uh, (laughs) in Major League. Um, But anyway, the, the, the biggest problem for me was that someone came dressed as, dressed as this dude for 
Halloween, and I remember I legitimately wanted to fight the kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You being contrarian is, and those people up there being contrarian, you're fighting him for the same things. Well, they weren't contrarian; they were just bandwagon losers who like like the Lakers, the Braves, and like the actually no, everyone liked the Bulls also. So I'm a Blazers fan, grew up in Oregon. Everyone's like, no, I'm a Bulls fan. Uh, yeah, how much? Yeah, it would drive you crazy. Yeah, you know where I stand on Michael Jordan and that team. So right, it would drive you crazy. So uh, from a guy who you, you know you hated Michael Jordan, but you wear Jordans. You know, I still refuse to wear Jordans because I hated Michael Jordan so much as a kid. Yeah, I don't. I hate Michael Jordan, the basketball player. I enjoy Michael Jordan, the sneaker designer. I just can't wear them. I can't do it flat out. I used to have a shirt that said "Like Mike," and Mike was crossed out, and it said "Like Clyde." That's <laughs> <laughs> the same realm of play. Oh man! All right, so that wraps up our Florida coverage. The bottom line is, Rob and I are both down on both of these teams, and I think so. I saw some people t- have that opinion. I saw some other people being like, "It was just a sloppy game." I just think Florida is too thin. I, I, I their, their margin for error. The, the fact that they have, I, I would say they probably have six NFL receivers if you count the tight end on their team right now. And they've got good DBs. But they don't have anyone to get them the ball. How yeah. do you have, like, um, what's it, our, our boy Van Jefferson should have gone into the draft. I mean, I just can't imagine him helping his stock when – you look at the team, it's like, how is he going to get the ball? I, I just don't see it happening. Like, I mean. You know, with that line and Felipe. Yeah, like with, Miami might have those same problems. I mean, Jared's going to be as good as that line allows him to be, you know? Right. He's going to take a beating. That's the thing is like, you know, they're going to need Tate to play because it's clear that, that Nikosi Perry is not in the plans at all, right? I mean. Yeah, he's in the transfer portal. Yeah, plans, I'm gonna I say think. he's he's portal bound, or he'll be at a JUCO like ASAP. Uh, and so I guess the theory is then. Hold on, let's link two things together. The reason that Martell got all those snaps is maybe they want to keep him happy enough to stay around. No, I totally think so. And I actually think people forget Tate Martell was Ohio State's third leading rusher last season. No, he's fast, man. He can run. Right now, he did look terrible running routes on some of those plays, but it was a total decoy situation. I di- I did find it odd that. Uh, Herb Street said, you know, uh, when Tate came in that one play and took a snap and ran it, um, he was like, oh, every time Martell comes in, you just sell out for the run because you know he's not going to be able to pass it. I'm like, he's not a running back. He can still throw the ball. Right. He was a pretty good passing quarterback. So I think if you get in it, the 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 play I would have liked to see Miami run run more was when they put Dallas in like the Wildcat. Um, He had a long run out of that and he looked kind of unstuck. I would have just run that over and over again until they make them stop it. But regardless, it was a, it's going to be a long season for our boy, Jaron, if he's going to have to take hits like that. And the same goes for Franks. That's why I would not be surprised to see Emery Jones get some heavy time. I was ready for him to come in yesterday in the middle of the third quarter. I almost tweeted like, all right, I've had enough of my boy Franks. Should we move into Arizona? I, and we need to keep it short with this one. Um, yes. Yeah, so we don't want to talk. No one cares. One thing I do want to talk about no one cares that much. The one topic, and we get in and out. If you didn't watch, Hawaii won the game uh, with a stop at the one-yard line. They stopped Khalil Tate on the last play of the game, just short of the goal line. This is what I want to talk about. Do we think Kevin Sumlin has ruined Khalil Tate? What, what's going on there? What what happened? Uh, so let's. I didn't see. I saw the last play of the game, 
By the way, didn't I did I text you that that it would be wise to bet the Hawaii money line and then ignore my own advi- advice? I didn't ignore your advice. <laughs> I was going to do it anyway. I did. I was obviously chasing. Uh, yeah, uh, I, after I should have been chasing. So, so Khalil Tate had 13 carries for 108 yards. Now, the one season he came in, and remember he went crazy that year, running for 300 yards a game and so, or something. But then I remember he played Oregon that year, and they completely shut him down. And since that game, I just feel like he hasn't been the same. Like, I think when he came in in the middle of the year and he was like, you know, so crazy, uh, he he was so crazy good. Like, I don't think anybody had tape on him. I think he was a freak athlete and it was just kind of a lightning in a bottle. Remember there was people wanting him to win the Heisman. Remember that? Yeah. And then last year, and then, I mean, he didn't look the same even last night. So he had, I mean, stats look good. He had 361 yards passing, three touchdowns, threw two picks, and then ran for 108 yards. Um, so he did have, you know, 500 yards of offense, I guess, but or close to it. Yeah, with the turnovers. But yeah. the turnovers weren't good. I was surprised to see them, that, that Hawaii pulled their quarterback. What happened there? Yeah, things got weird for them in the third quarter. They coughed up. They, I mean, they jumped up big. They were up 14-0, then they were up 21-7. And then he started just missing open targets. I think he threw he threw at least one pick. I didn't see the second one if he threw two. You got the stats uh, yeah, like, he threw four total. Yeah, so he must – I think he threw – I think they – they know they both – you might have missed the – did you miss the very beginning of the game? I know they yes, both turned it home. over on their first possessions of the game, so you might have missed a double interception uh, situation there. But Khalil Tate, Arizona's terrible. You cannot, you cannot. First of all, I'm not playing Hawaii at Hawaii the first game of the year if I'm them. Uh, second of all, what was with their helmets? Where, where did that? No, the with Hawaii Arizona. Helmets? Where did that? Oh, weird from? Arizona helmets. Remember a couple of years ago, they I were wearing like those really cool, like copper colored helmets. Uh, what are we doing with this white A that looks like word art? looks like it was from the Phil, Phil Steele. <laughs> <laughs> the best Arizona helmets are the, the white ones, the classic white ones. Right, that they've always worn. Not the white ones with some red. The color red didn't even look the same to me. Um, but anyway, your boy J.J. Taylor, who I had to listen to on every single podcast – Wait, why is he my boy? <laughs> he's, he's not. Just when I was in Greece, okay, so for those of you who don't know, I brought I brought four or five college football preview magazines with me because I was spending a lot of time doing nothing, relaxing. And then I listened to like a million like college football previews. And everyone that got to the Pac 12 talked about Arizona would say, Oh man, you know, is Khalil Tate gonna bounce back to being good, like you talked about? And then it was J.J. Taylor, you know, love him. <laughs> to every single <laughs> It's one of the guys they fixated on a name to say. Right, yeah, and Colin Schooler. So Colin Schooler lived up to the billing. Nine tackles, had a, had a sack, recovered a fumble. He did his thing. J.J. Taylor, 14 carries for 67 yards and one catch for 13 yards. He did not have a good game at all. So they kind of look like they, outside of Tate, they really didn't commit to the run very much at all. They passed 39 times. They they ran 32, but 13 of those carries were from Khalil Tate. So I think Kevin Sumlin, I don't know. I'm beginning to wonder if like Kevin Sumlin's thing was more about Johnny Manziel than Kevin Sumlin. 
Yeah, it's, it's he recruited. I mean, it's easier to recruit to AM than Arizona, I guess. I was going to say he recruited well at AM, but it's yeah, it's an easier sell. Right. And I mean, you know, Arizona, like, you know, Rich Rodriguez got fired uh, among those. I've, it was something to do with the, you know, somebody was sexually conduct. harassing somebody. Yeah, there was something going yeah. on, or he was having an affair, and I think he was his. His, asked his assistant to cover up for it. Oh, yeah, to keep his wife and girlfriend away from each other. Right. So he got That's fired, but he's working again. And, I mean, they kind of want – obviously, that you know, that was unacceptable for Arizona. They decided to move on, and someone seemed like a good hire at the time. And I remember UCF almost hired him, and I was thinking, hey, that'd be a great hire for UCF. But I don't I don't know. I just don't like the vibe. And maybe it's in, in, in you know, him and Noel Mazzoni are kind of tied at the hip too. And I kind of wonder about that relationship. That's you know, he's more of a pro style guy. You're talking about the guy who who Josh Rosen loved and, and stuff like that. And think I don't think Cleo Tate necessarily fits into that box of what they're trying to do. So he's how they get all those guys out of Arizona too. I and mean, he was at UCLA, they were getting guys, and then he got Christian Kirk out of there. Right. Yeah, exactly. He's a, he was a great recruiter, but I mean, something, something's got to, Arizona should not be losing to Hawaii. And this is the problem with the PAC 12. This is talent wise. It's not even close. Even you can say whatever you want about Arizona and not, and they're one of the worst teams in the PAC 12 maybe, but I mean, why, why was that game on the schedule? A season opener at Hawaii. What are you crazy? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that smelled like a loss to anybody, right? That is like a really, really bad game to schedule as your opener. Right. I, yeah, I would not do that uh, ever, especially the game was at uh, – let's see. I'm trying to think. If the, the game was at uh, 11 o'clock Eastern, right? So that would have mm-hmm. made it at uh, 5 o'clock Hawaii time, right? Yes, yeah, like I think they're six hours behind. So uh, it's a normal start time, I guess, for Arizona. As I was as I was working my way through the math there, but the travel and I just against a a group of five school on the road to open the year. I you don't see a lot of that. I seem to remember when I was a kid, uh, Oregon going there and losing a game like this at the beginning of the year, um, and me me thinking the same thing when I was like eleven. <laughs> like why were they playing i remember being up like late at night in oregon trying to listen to the game or watch it or whatever and being like this is stupid why are they playing this right now um i'm gonna look that game up while we're talking but yeah it was terrible so i don't know i don't know what the, i don't know what you were thinking there bad call by them uh the game i was yeah yeah we can move on from this so thursday want. night you know, we got Thursday night. We have, I believe someone said there was 15 games on Thursday, which is in. There is a lot of games on Friday, too. Let me pull this Yeah, up. The, the biggest, the first game I want to talk about is Clemson and Georgia Tech. And, and I, I want to give you the floor uh, as soon as you're done looking at that. I think that Clemson's going to cover that. What is it, like 35 or something yeah, crazy can, like that? Can we talk about the, uh, above oh. the line, please? Can you introduce Yeah, the, AT, the ATL chart. Yeah. So for people that haven't seen it, Clemson's coach Collins, Jeff Collins, has decided he doesn't believe in depth charts for some reason because football coach, I guess. And so instead of giving the media a depth chart, he's given the media a random list of names of players that could play at any time at each position in no particular order, which is the least helpful thing in the history of ever for no reason. I mean, who benefits from that? What do they like? 
so the first game, we're not going to know who the we, – <laughs> we're not going to be able to see who's playing out there? I mean, what's the point? You want to talk about four football coaches, five football coaches. Who Who is the above-the-line chart for? So – Jeff Collins, since he came in, uh, has been very nice to me. I should, I should. No, I like him, and I like what they're doing, and they're well, great. Right, but that's my this thing. That, that's my point is they've done all this stuff to be like media friendly and branding. They've got a branding guy. There's been a million articles. Oh, he's changing the brand. Waffle House, this, that, and a third. So why why are we making this this where we draw the line in the sand of like dealing with the media? Is now we're gonna not we're gonna have a uh, they're they're listed in numerical order. And I, and I, I, and there's four quarterbacks on there, isn't there? There was three I saw, I think. Three. Yeah, I'm sure all three quarterbacks are going to play. Right. Well, they're above the line. Well, you notice, and then above the line is for the ATL. That's part of the branding. That's what makes it even worse. <laughs> it's like, it's part of the thing. The, okay. So, hey, the game I was talking about, September 10th, 1994. Oregon, which went to the Rose Bowl and won the Pac-12 that season, lost thirty-six to sixteen at Hawaii. Jesus, what what a ridiculous game! And that was the last time that 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 was in nineteen ninety-four. Oregon has not played Hawaii in twenty-five years. So that tells you all, that tells you all you need to know about uh, about that scheduling uh, and what they think of that. So. I swear it. I can't find it. There was a coach that before Collins that was doing this, but it was called something different. I remember there being like an organizational, which by the way, you, you tweeted, uh, what did you call it? (laughs) Depth heart? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A depth heart. Yeah. For the players that are the grittiest players. That was a really, that made me laugh. Depth heart is pretty funny. Uh, Okay. But couldn't, I mean, the, the funny part is it's, couldn't you see somebody actually doing it? Oh no, totally. That was, that sounded like a Butch Jones type thing. Um, because maybe he did, maybe one of when Butch was having his butchisms, he had something about heart. I can't remember. Yeah. The, the depth heart, which shows which players have got the mental toughness to take the field for this. Yes, program. That's a great idea. Uh, we should release our own depth hearts. Speaking of which, if you see a depth chart on Twitter, uh, that's a, a, a picture, please tweet it at me and Rob because we send them to back and forth to one another and they should be easier to find. Someone could just have a site called depthcharts.com and I would go to well, it. A lot of them aren't coming out until this next week. I know, but I saw like UCLA's came out today. Um, yeah, somebody else had one come out today too. It's, it's, it depends on – it's all about when the SID sends out the game notes. You know, sometimes the game notes come out on Sunday nights. Uh, yeah, the big rush will be Tuesday yeah, t- though because everybody will do the conference calls. Oh, no, Tuesday is a big day because you got the press conference, you get the Domino's pizza. What, what did Kansas State used to serve on the Tuesday press conference with old man Bill? They, they'd have local uh, catering places. Oh, there was a barbecue place and then there was like a, uh, a taco place that they did called Coco Bolos. It would rotate. Oh. The food at K-State media events was pretty darn good, man. Part of my haunting – It's not Nebraska, but it, it was we would have, Guess what we would have at UCF? We would have Domino's, Domino's. pizza – and speaking speaking of which, my last night in Greece on Wednesday, uh, we go over to my friend's house who went to UCF, who's from Greece, uh, and he's got a family over there having a nice little dinner. And he's he's like, oh, we both work today. We're too tired to cook. So we're going to order out. What do you want to get? And I was like, oh, I don't know, man. You tell me. And he's like, oh, how about we get some pizza? And I was like, okay, that's fine. And he goes, well, the best two pizza places here are Domino's and Pizza Hut. <laughs> And I was like, I will be damned if my last night in Athens, Greece, I'm going to order pizza from Domino's. I'm sorry. All due respect to Domino's. 
I could not believe it. I was flabbergasted. So we ended up getting pizza. The problem is there's no pepperoni in, in Europe. I'm sure you've experienced this, right, Rob, in Italy? I'll take Pizza Hut over Domino's. I'll take Pizza Hut over Domino's 10 yes. times out of 10. And also the pizza in Italy that I got, and I tried to eat it every day. Was no, pizza in Europe is not good. That's the. It's not good, and they don't have pepperoni. I don't know how you don't have pepperoni. Everyone likes sausage there. They, they, they say they have pepperoni. Every person who comes to the U.S., I take them out to. I say, "You guys got to get some pepperoni pizza." They go, "Oh no, we have this," and I go, "No, you don't. You have this." They don't put enough sauce on it in Italy right. either. It's and it's kind of burnt. Yeah, don't go to Europe thinking you're going to get good pizza. Pasta is another story. Great pasta to be had. Uh, p- pizza Fish was essentially too. invented in New York, uh, so it's you're going to. It's better to get it here. So let's let's move through. Some- welcome to the Dan. Welcome to the Dan Wilkin podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> talk about uh parts unknown uh so let's run through these games real quick at top 25 teams ucf is playing famu obviously that's gonna be a blowout uh, uh brandon winbush winning the job there i'll be curious to see how good he is i think he's gonna have a great year especially in that conference clemson favored by 36 and a half and the over under is 59 and a half i say take clemson and the over there what do you think rob Look, it's a bad sign with how like we know these kids and how much attention we pay to this sport. I looked at Georgia Tech's depth chart, or excuse me, above the line <laughs> chart, and did not recognize any of them. That's not yeah, good. Yeah, a lot of those guys would not. Oh, Wisconsin came out with their depth chart today too. Um, speaking of teams, where I didn't recognize anybody except for. I mean, there might not be another team in the country where I could look at their their chart and not recognize. Well, it didn't bode well for Arizona, which you texted me and said, "I don't know any of these players." I said I knew three, though. I could name three there. I had a big zero on Tech. Uh, the ones I knew on Georgia Tech, uh, I know some of them because their their defensive backfield is essentially guys I ranked as four stars, which I feel good about now that Jeff Collins is the coach. Um, Caleb Oliver, very good player. He'll make a lot of plays in that game, but they're going to get smoked. I mean, I feel like, and I, te- I said this to you the other day, Clemson's not getting, people are not talking about Clemson. Clemson is not getting picked to win the national championship. How's this possible? Nobody knows how good those, they think they lost a lot on defense and they did, but the issue is the guys that were behind those guys are just as good. Watch. Right, right exactly. And Trevor Lawrence is amazing. I don't know how he's not the, the lock to win the Heisman. Like, it's like, oh, it's Tua, it's, I mean, every everything I've listened to is picking Georgia to win the national championship. We forget about Clemson. So I think Clemson's going to come out. Sorry, Georgia Tech. I feel bad for the Yellow Jacks. They're going to get smoked. And I like 59.5. Don't you feel like it could easily be a 50? It could be a 55 to nothing type game. But I feel like Clemson's scoring 50. And I, I feel, feel like Georgia Tech gets a touchdown, right? Yeah. Clemson's team total is 48. Yeah, over that too. Right. All right. Texas A&M and Texas State. Uh, Texas A&M, a 34-point favorite. I actually like Texas State here. Um, I think I like their season total as well. So uh, we'll see if they could cover that game. I think I think Texas A&M is good, but I think you know Texas State's going to be able to score with that new offense they brought in with the new coach. Uh, you have any opinion on that one? I do not. I don't know enough about Texas State to have any opinion. But I do know something about the Kent State Golden Flashes who are playing Arizona State. I like that. You, uh, what's the spread there? 25. Mm, yeah, Arizona State. The Arizona State, new quarterback in place who's going to be good, I think. But, you know, new quarterback, 
you know, I don't think that line is as good as it was last year. I think, I mean, I don't think they're going to lose, obviously, but I don't think they're winning by 25. Well, they just don't blow people out, period. I mean, it's just not yeah. the way they play. Uh, you, the, the probably the best game of the night, which is at 10 15 Eastern, which is in, stu- which is also another gripe of mine. Utah at BYU. Uh, Utah, a five point favorite in the old Vegas zone, as they say. This is a tough one to pick. Throw out the records when these two teams get together, Rob. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, throw out the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah especially. Yeah, exactly. In Provo. Uh, although you want to talk about a beautiful stadium, you got the, those mountains uh, all around. Uh, uh, I am going to take Utah. BYU has. Have you heard? Have you seen BYU's schedule? By the way, they play Tennessee, correct? Yeah. They, so here's how they start the season. Listen to the start the season they play. Uh, home for Utah. Then they have. Uh, and then they're at Tennessee with 10 days later. Then they're home for USC, which I don't know why USC is playing at, uh, at BYU. And then they're home for Washington. Jeez. So those are their first four games. They also play, uh, so they play three, three pack 12 teams. They got to go to USF later in the year. And then they play Boise state. They're not in a conference, which I, they should be in a conference. Come on, BYU. They should be in the big 12. They should be in the Big 12, or forget it. I mean, can we put them in the American to replace UConn? Yeah, no kidding. I like Utah here, too. I like Tyler Huntley. Uh, I like Zach Moss. I like the Florida kids on that roster. I know that's a homer pick, but I think I think they'll they'll cover the five. Okay, and uh, the these are not these are not official picks for our, our scorekeeping. I'll tell you who I do like. UCLA going to Cincinnati, three-point underdog. Give me the Bruins, baby. I think uh, – Cincinnati is one. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you know Cincinnati is one of the really cool teams for people to say are, that are going to be good this year. Yeah, it's New Houston, right? Right, but they're, Vegas has the over under at seven and a half, which tells me all I need to know about how good they think they are. Uh, <laughs> it would, the number would not be that low. I like UCLA uh, to win that one, um, and then there's a bunch of like group of five games uh, involving non ranked teams, which. There's way too many games on that. You talk about Friday a- is the big day, and we'll get to those on the podcast later in the week, right? Yeah, let's let's try to we'll do a podcast on uh, either on Wednesday or on Friday, and we'll talk about those games. But uh, Minnesota against South Dakota State, I like I like South Dakota State. There's no line, but uh, you know we're getting into the nitty gritty when we're that, <laughs> when we're even saying Minnesota versus right. South Dakota State podcast. So, so that wraps it up. I think we don't have any rants recommendations. There are some good games Friday night, though. Uh, Oklahoma State, Oregon State, Colorado, Colorado State. Purdue goes to Nevada. How did, like, this is when. Old Miss and Memphis is my favorite game in on Friday. Memphis and who? No, that's Saturday. Never mind. No, that's Saturday. I thought it was oh, Friday. Oh, Old Miss. Memphis and Old Miss. I like, I like Wisconsin going to USF. I think that'll be a really good game. That's, that's Friday. Problem is, I'm not going to be able to watch any of these games. Don't we have to work on Friday? Yeah. I've got a game to go to here. Yeah. Well, I'll be able to catch the 1030 Oklahoma State versus Oregon State game. Yeah, and guess what? I like the, I, I'm, I think I feel like I like the Beavers in that, to cover a 15-point spread in that one. Uh, Oklahoma State still hasn't named a quarterback, have they? Yeah, well, I think it's going to be Spencer Sanders and uh, f- former podcast host Nick Kruger can tell you all you need to know what I think about Spencer Sanders. <laughs> um, but anyway, all right, that uh, that wraps it up for us. Um, 
Let's see. We'll be back either on Wednesday or Friday, like I said. We're just trying to figure out the schedule. With with Lackford, correct? Well, it'll be all Yeah, Lackford's us. probably going to be pretty mad we didn't invite him on the show today. But blame me, uh, Dave, because like I said, uh, I was planning on doing this with a person who shall remain unnamed because he will appear on the show later in the year, and he canceled. So we went with Florida expert Rob Cassidy. Uh, so uh, the goal is to do two shows a week during the football season, time, time and travel permitting. Uh, we appreciate you bearing with us. We had a bad off season with uh, people coming and going, and and uh, Rob and I travel a lot. We don't talk about it. We don't. Speaking of which, Rob, NBA media. I've had it. I've had it with NBA media. But what? They're complaining about Marriott still. C- complaining about working. They're like, oh, I haven't slept. Uh, uh, we go straight from the finals into the draft into free agency. It's like, okay, that's three weeks. You know, like if somebody I respect greatly once told me, shut up. You could be a roofer, you know, <laughs> you could, you definitely could be a roofer. And we're looking at you, Zach Lowe. Zach Lowe is the prime offender, a guy who essentially works from home, you know, and he, all year round. And I love Zach Lowe. I, think I like he's, him. He's a great writer, great reporter. He's right. A right. He is the key whiner about having to do his job. It's like, so we, Rob and I try not to whine about it, but we can tell you, I've already have, I've already locked in silver status for next year on Delta, and I'm about to hit the old diamond again. So we're talking 30-plus hotel stays to get there. So we travel a lot, and that's why our schedule is inconsistent. We apologize. If we were, if we were better, if we were smarter and could record these in person, but they always come out sounding horrible. I recorded one in texas in person with someone and the audio didn't come out so oh no we had a reunion podcast yeah and it didn't it got scrapped 